Welcome to Presence Church's Sermon of the Week. We are so excited to share this powerful word with you. I want to be like, woo, woo. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You guys remember Arsenio Hall? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that. I have not thought about that in years. Oh, man. Oh, I love you guys. It was a powerful Sunday. This is a powerful Sunday. Oh, my goodness. I got saved. Did you get saved? I got saved. <laughs> if you're not get saved, um, you got a little time left. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I was just thinking that while they're out there doing their church, we actually can't let you go. So, like, you're trapped in here while they're still doing church out there for another at least 30 minutes, right? What's that? What's after? Oh, oh, so there's, you mean, <laughs> so there's, um, there's a photo booth over there. Is this what you're talking about? Yes, amen. There's a really awesome looking photo booth um, out there um, and that, that you can take pictures with your family and stuff. Easter pictures is lots of fun. Uh, our, our amazing friend and good friend of ours, mine, um, Howard Reichenbach, he's got uh, everlasting ferments kombucha out there. So it's really good on keg, on tap. So go get some of that. Hang out. It's good. All right. Oh, (laughs) what she really wanted me to talk about (laughs) was uh, 600 eggs are being hidden out there. And uh, and if you are uh, if you are of of age, I'm going to leave that to you. If you are of age, you can go look for said eggs. Okay. All right. Listen, I don't want to catch some of you with eggs in your hand. All right. (laughs) <laughs> and no telling me like, but it, the kingdom is like one of these. <laughs> no, <laughs> you explain that to my son who didn't get any, all right? Um, all right, <laughs> Jesus. Well, let me pray. I'm gonna pray. I'm really messed up. God, we thank you, Lord. Oh, I'm so thankful for you, God. Thank you for shedding your blood for us, God. <laughs> for giving us your son. Thank you, Jesus, for being so intimate and personal that you would look into our eyes and you would call us and you would look at us and say, follow me. Man, that messed me up, just hearing him say my name in my heart. and Just follow me. Wow. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, I'm so thankful, God. We love you, God. I pray for this morning. I've been praying it all morning, God, that, that you would break through all of our hard places, God. You would break through all of our hard places, all of our defenses, God. You would overwhelm all of the places that we've held back, God, in fear of judgment and fear of what other people think of us, God. I pray you would, you would, you would break into those places, God. I don't know how else to say it, God, but we just need you this morning. <laughs> We just so need you. Amen. I need you. Amen. Okay. I'm praying God does something beautiful through this message. Um, I cried as I was just thinking about it and going through it with him. Um, I got to pay attention to time. We have a lot of kids these days. And there's, they have a limit. I don't know if you guys know. You may not have a limit, but they have a limit. All right. Some people are like, no, just keep going. I'm like, listen, I, those kids, that room is a ticking time bomb. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll know when it goes off because they're going to let them into here. Um, 
<laughs> so that's what I think of. You don't think I think about that. All right. Oh. Man, I just felt like we had three messages already. Do you feel that way? I just, I do. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach though. It's good. I'm going to read that. If you want to open with me, John 20. Open your Bibles. Um, John 20, and, I, and I'm pretty sure this is the NASB. I had to, uh, my, my Bible is missing. Um, I will get a new one, but for now we've got this. Yeah, but this one, I, I'm prepared with this one, honey. My helper. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, let's read. I'm going to go through. I'm going to read the scripture, um, and I want to just share some things about, about what I just, I want to grab a hold of this Sunday. By the way, I, it, something if, if you don't know about me, you guys got a couch? What the heck? <laughs> this is my dream for our church. It really is. <laughs> We used to meet at a nightclub and there was booths and like, uh, dude, it was awesome. Like we had like the stadium seating with the couches and anyway, I'm just waiting until we get back to a place with couches and you're prophesying that. Come on. Well done. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to share. I ask you, every Sunday, I, I love what Jimmy, now prophet Jimmy, I just love what he said. I was calling that, but he, he just started going off and just like, you know, because of what, because that you rose again, every day is Sunday. And I'm like, that's how I feel. I literally feel like every Sunday, our main job is to preach Jesus to you. The resurrected Christ and what that means for you to go live a powerful and, and just radical life with him. So to me, every day does kind of feel like that's our mission. And this Sunday doesn't feel wholly different, except that I, it's just fun to take, a, to take a slice out of this resurrection Sunday and just be like, what? what? What's God showing me? So I want to show you a little bit today. I'm going to talk about three characters today. So if, as I read this, you can maybe think about these three characters. I'm going to talk about Mary Magdalene. Everybody say Mary. Mary. Okay, I'm going to talk about Peter. Say Peter. Peter. And lastly, I want to talk about John. Say John. There you go. See? <laughs> you follow directions. <laughs> We've had a year and a half of following directions. Okay, sorry. Um, don't go there. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. I got to work on that. Um, I can do this. Okay. The... Listen, we all have opinions. They just all don't need to come off the pulpit. Okay. That's a good word. Okay. All right, verse one. You guys ready? Let's just, let's just get past this part. All right, verse one. Now on the first day... <laughs> I have fun in church. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb. Now, you understand that there was a day of rest before this. So she actually couldn't just rush off. So she waited the Sabbath day. She came bright and early. She was the first one there. While it was still dark and saw the stone already moved, removed from the tomb. Verse 2. So she ran. Everybody say she ran she ran, right? I want you to just recognize, just see these people from a different lens. My job this morning is to get your perspective to be shifted. One thing that Chosen series did for me is it shifted my perspective on how I see the Bible work walked out. I want to do that with a little bit this morning. So she ran. Uh, so she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the, to the other disciple whom Jesus loved 
and said to them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we do not know where they have put him. Now you got to remember this time there was, you know, grave robbing was a thing. People would literally come in and steal stuff, steal, steal the, the stuff that was put in these tombs and things like that. So that, that could been go through her head right there. And so she's wondering, did someone take her? Where did they take her? So Peter and the other disciple left and they were going to the tomb. I also want to say the one whom Jesus loved uh, is John, right? Well, we know that. Do you, who's, who's actually writing this? I just, I know we've heard it before, but I just, I get tickled every time I hear that John is writing about himself as the one that Jesus loved. I just, I think it's great. I think it's great. Jason Upton, this uh, worship leader, had said this one time. He says, I got a friend that has a guitar and on the guitar it says, Jesus may love you, but I'm his favorite. (laughs) I use it often. Um, Okay, Uh, verse four. You guys ready? All right, verse four. The two, which would be John and Peter, were running together and the other disciple, which is John, remember he's talking about himself, (laughs) ran ahead faster than Peter. (laughs) Thank you, John. And came to the tomb first. What is this, my kids? Like I was first. All right, verse five. And he stooped to look in and saw the linen wrappings there. This is John. However, he did not go in. Verse six. So Simon Peter also came, he caught up, following him, and he entered the tomb. I think it's really interesting that John got there first, waited, looking in, not sure what's going on. I don't know what was going through John's head, but Peter arrives, and he rushes in. It's just interesting to me. Got there second, but dove in first. And he looked at the linen wrappings lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but folded up in place by itself. Now, I'm sharing a lot of this for some of you that may not know the details. Some of you guys have been Christians longer than than I I have been, and you're probably smarter than I am. But I want you to recognize some of these details in here and what they possibly meant to them. And so when we're talking about the linens uh, that were on his head, they weren't like crumpled up. They were tossed to the side. They weren't ripped off as if the body was stolen. They They were literally laid there as if the body disappeared, as if the body just resurrected and the cloth goes down, the facing is still neatly. Do you understand what's going on here? So there's stuff, they're seeing stuff happening. And I just want to invite you into that. Okay, verse eight. So the other disciple, which is John, who had first come to the tomb, <laughs> let it go, John, also entered then and saw and believed. So Peter gets there. So John gets there first. Peter gets there second. John waits to go in. He's looking in and he sees what's going on in there, but he doesn't go in. Peter gets there and his impulsivity runs right in, okay? And he sees this and he's a little bewildered. John walks in second and it says this. He says he's entered and he saw and believed. I love that. We're gonna get to more about John later. Verse nine, for they did not yet understand the scriptures that he must rise from the dead. There's another translation that says, for until then, they hadn't understood the scriptures. And so there's a reality that John sees this for the first time, sees that, and and it starts to hit him. This is what he meant. And I love that John is quoted as the one that believed in the resurrection first. Verse 11, but Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, I'm sorry, verse 10. So the disciples went away again to their own home. So they ran off. Mary was staying there, right? Love Mary. 
She was standing outside the tomb weeping. So as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white, sorry, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been laying. I don't know if this is because Jesus was anointed by his feet and anointed by his head by a couple of ladies. But I wonder if this is why this is where the angels were there. Verse 13, and they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they put him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. And yet she did not know that it was Jesus. And I want you to recognize this is Mary. She's, we're going to get into her more, but understand her state of being right now is not like you and me in a church service. This is Mary with probably puffy eyes, tears streaming down her face still, looking at where is my savior? Where is my friend? Do you understand? And so Jesus rightly says, turns to her, verse 15. Jesus says to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? He could have said anything, but he said that. I just, I just, this is so interesting to me. Thinking that he was the gardener. Thinking that he was the gardener. She said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabbi, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, stop clinging to me for I have not yet ascended to the father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father and my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. And so I just wonder, as Mary turns around and thinks it's the gardener, why did she think it was the gardener, right? It could have been like on the road to Emmaus when, when they're walking and the two, the two um, uh, uh, followers of Jesus didn't know who they were walking with. But I wonder, I wonder if her eyes were just so filled with tears and her, her whole spirit was just full on like, depressed in that moment that she just was not in her right head and she was looked at Jesus and didn't see him and yet he spoke to her and it all became clear. So remember, we got Peter and we've got John and we've got Mary. So we're gonna talk about Peter first, but as I, as I talk about these individuals, um, I want you to just think about their life and, and what part of their life you could see some of your life being connected to. Because that's what the Bible does. The Bible shares stories and it invites you in to connect with the stories and it invites you into the resurrection power of each story. And, and today there's a lot of resurrection power. So we've got Peter. Everybody say Peter. Say so he, so he was a fisherman, right? He was called from a fisherman. He was this dominant individual personality-wise, a strong guy, uh, a little impulsive right? A little impulsive. Um, I, I, he was the one that cut the ear off the soldier as they tried to take that, that Peter. That's the one, right? That's a pretty good image. The guy that literally thought, I'm in charge, slice, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got this Jesus. So this is Peter. Probably not very educated, but strong. 
And, and then yet, this is also the same Peter that, he, that Jesus took up to the mountain with him, James, and John, right? And so he's a very inner circle kind of a, kind of a Peter. This is, this is one of the closer ones. He had a lot of time that we don't even know about with this man, Jesus. And yet we also know that in that hour when Jesus was being brought before, Peter, in front of everybody, denied him. Not once. He didn't deny him twice. He denied him three times. And not, not like, I don't believe in that message, but I don't know him. But aren't you, you sound like one. No, I'm not, I'm not one of, no. It's like, but aren't you, no, I'm not. And when the rooster crowed after the third time, he goes running out of there, probably crying his head off, right? It's probably just, it's, he's running full of shame, right? Can you just imagine how Peter felt in that? Like, just, just think about that, right? You're Peter. This is your friend, the Savior. You've seen all the miracles, and you just did what you just did. How many of you guys ever done something that you just, man, I can't believe I did that? <laughs> How many of you guys, in hindsight, you're like, some, some people back there, <laughs> we'll pray for them. Um, see, I think Peter's running back to his house in his own mind, and what voice do you think is running through his head right now? Do you think it's God's voice? Or do you think it's the one of the accuser? Have you guys ever heard the voice of the accuser after you did something stupid? Can you just imagine the lies the devil was telling him as he's, you're not a disciple, you never were one. You don't even believe in this guy. I don't, I don't even think Jesus likes you. I think he keeps you close to him because you're stronger than the others. I don't know what he was thinking, but as he's running, I can only imagine from experience what I hear when I do stupid things. And I'm just thinking, wow, Peter. So the voice of the accuser is powerful in this moment that he betrayed his friend, he betrayed his savior. The shame, everything must have been massive in his heart. You guys ever retreated, just like ran away from everybody? Like, no one really loves, no, not after what I did. If they really knew what I, they wouldn't want to be around me. I don't want to be around me. You ever, ever that happened? You know, when I, when, I, when I grabbed a hold, when I was just going into the stories, I realized something. Mary went back to go tell Peter and John. So where was Peter hiding out? He was hiding out with his friends. He was hiding out with his family, with this community. Peter, man, I am more excited about Peter than ever before. Peter could have ran off into the woods. He could have gone off to a high place to just wallow, but he ran into family. He wasn't willing to take the, sh he wasn't willing to let the shame and the accuser kill him and destroy him. He actually ran into family. And I can only imagine what the disciples did when they saw him, right? He's thinking, that's all right, guys. I, my bag's already packed. I'm out. I know I'm out. No. They ran to him, grabbed him. John's probably encouraging him. Shoot, Mary's probably like, listen, I've done worse, all right? <laughs> and I love this. And Peter, like, he didn't run. Listen, all I know about people that, that, that I meet a lot of people that do things just because I tend to be someone that want to confide in. And I know the nature that, that, that we sometimes turn to. It's running. And Peter didn't run. And I think that's amazing. And he didn't, wake a week, he didn't wait a week or two to run into community. He was there moments. That's amazing. 
He fought for the truth of what he knew about Jesus. Yeah, he did something that was not in line with who God called him to do. But yet he, he got through it. He got past it. He was forgiven. Seven times, 77, I don't know. And he comes out of this shining example, running to the tomb. Not afraid of what he's going to find. He's running for Jesus. Oh, And I'm just gonna, I want to I throw out this little invitation as I'm going to do for each one of these. How many of you guys here, I don't care if you're a regular attender here or not, nobody is, nobody is without these moments. But maybe it's your first time here, maybe it's your, th- your fifth, but are you in a place where you just have so much shame that you can't run to Jesus? Maybe you're hiding that shame because you're afraid what they're going to think of you. I just want to encourage you this morning, man, just let it go. Today's a really good day to let all that stuff go and be forgiven. Let's go after Mary now. Mary Magdalene, wow. Mary, she was special, wasn't she? Um, And and she was, uh, (laughs) she came from a really interesting past. We don't know much about Mary's past. All we know is that when Jesus came upon her, she had how many demons? Seven. Now, if you're into this stuff, like seven is the number of perfection. So she was perfectly demonized. (laughs) I don't know what Legion was, but apparently seven. Um, (laughs) And Jesus had no problem delivering the perfectly demonized ones. So he comes in and he delivers her of seven. Now, before we go past this, I want you to recognize, I want you to connect with Mary for a second. Mary was demonized. Don't just gloss over that and say, oh, I've heard about Jesus casting demons out. I want you to recognize what being demonized with seven demons. How many of you guys have right now? <laughs> I don't answer that. Um, <laughs> Things I've never said in church before, but that's okay. Listen, l- l- listen, God actually, he knows. Like, I'm, I'm probably need, I need some help. I probably got some, I probably got some deliverance needing, you know. When I get there, he'll let me know. And he'll take care of that one too. I don't know. <laughs> Mike is talking about getting delivered. Listen, we need to get delivered. Some of y'all are way too angry and you need to get delivered. So, some, some of you all are, 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 are leading a double live and you need to get delivered. I'm preaching, Destiny. Come on. Listen, Mary, she was messed up. She was probably had that scarlet letter on her, like no one would touch the woman, right? She was probably well known as someone you stay away from, probably way worse than a tax collector. Just think of the life, just think of the lies, the constant torment, torment the schizophrenia she probably dealt with. Think of the, the, the physical pain that the demons created in her. Can you just grab that for a second? Isn't that wild? And Jesus comes on the scene and delivers her completely completely. This is another really good chosen series depiction. And you, you just, you come in to realize like, oh, 
that's what happened. Did y'all, y'all, we, it's a prophet named Bobby Conrad says, we're all too familiar with the God that we don't know. And I think it's healthy to recognize, oh, there's so much in this word that I've never thought about. And you put Mary in there for a reason that I have yet to discover. And I think that's beautiful because we're on a journey, right? <laughs> okay, so, so <laughs> my point in all this is that Mary was someone that had a whole lot of forgiveness towards her. She was delivered of a lot. Those that are delivered a lot love much. Those that are forgiven of much love much. And so the beauty of Mary is that she stuck close to Jesus through the whole thing because she didn't just get delivered a lot. Because I would say that before you and I got saved, it didn't matter how many demons we had, we were lost. One demon was too many. Separation with the Father, sin nature was too much. And Jesus came and, and bought and paid for it all. And so, in a sense, we're, we're pretty much like Mary in this case, forgiven of a whole lot. And so because of that, Mary sticks close to him, like, like just like white on rice, just like, just the whole time. And, and wouldn't you know it, the beauty, sorry. It's not surprising that Mary was the first one at the tomb. Can we just honor this woman for that? She's the first one. Anybody else could have done it. But her love, she was rooted and grounded in God's love for her and her love for him. She was deeply connected to him. Can you get that? Just like Peter, just like Peter was so deeply connected to Jesus that when he did miss it big time, he didn't run away because he was rooted and grounded in this man, Jesus' love. And so Mary was, was so connected and grounded. She was the first one there. She wasn't one of the disciples. And yet she was the first one there. She was the first one to talk to Jesus when he resurrected. Isn't that amazing? Why, why do you think Jesus gave these people this level of honor? It's because their love for him and their hearts were soft and tender and connected to him. They, were, they, they knew the intimacy of being with him. And so Jesus wants to pull these names out for us, to just grab a hold of him and be like, I want to be like Peter. I want to be like Mary. Dude, they're going for it. Can we just pray for him real quick? Father, I just pray fire. Just, I pray for salvations, God. I pray for your Holy Spirit just to be with uh, Wes, the pastor. God, I pray for the worship just to be off the charts, God. I just pray for families to be reunited. I pray for, I pray for uh, uh, healings, God, radical healings right now. We just bless that church service, God. May they increase in every way that you have planned for them, God. Lord, may they, may they, and we just pray for a building for them to meet in, Lord. Lord, they are not homeless, God. They have a place, God, and you have a plan for them. Amen. Sorry, I just, I love the church. That's why I'm like, come on, let's go. More the merrier. So listen, I love Mary for that purpose. I love that she had this deep connection with Jesus that I, I don't know if I'll ever understand how deep that went, but I want to. I want to sit with them and say, Jesus, tell me about Mary. What, 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 did, what was it like being her friend? I don't, I don't know what that was like because something happened. I want to talk about John now. 
John was, a, John was one of my favorites, uh, mostly because he was the one that Jesus loved. <sighs> he was a fisherman, uneducated, called on. He would spend, he, 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 he was one of those, like Peter, that would spend extra time with Jesus. He called him away, you know, the three, just hanging out with him. Let's go up on a mountain, let's go hiking together. They probably talk and chat. Maybe they sing some songs. And, and, and John had this special relationship with Jesus. And, you know, this whole thing about the one that Jesus loved, it, 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 it comes back from, the, uh, from John, uh, John 13. I'm going to read that real quick. And this is the part when, when they're in the upper room, the Passover meal, the, the, right before he gets taken away into the, where Peter does the, yeah, right. And so, so in John 13, I'm going to read this, uh, John 13, 21. And Jesus is telling them that someone's going to betray him, right? And so, he's, so verse 21, after he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified. Very, tr- very truly, he's talking to his disciples, all of them. I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. None of them, nobody knew. And one of them, the disciple who Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter mentioned or motioned to this disciple. So even Peter knew Even Peter knew who had Jesus' ear. Even Peter knew the intimacy that John had cultivated. And he motioned to this disciple and said, ask him which one he means. John, you ask him. He likes you. In verse 25, leaning back against Jesus as if this is his move, as if this is what John was used to doing. Jesus. Some people think that John was used to this position because he would lean back on John and hear his heartbeat of Jesus. Ah. Go get him. (laughs) She was first. (laughs) She got the message. What about you guys? All right, so... I have so much stuff going through my head during these messages. <laughs> so de- leaning back against Jesus, he asks him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, it is the one whom I give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. And I don't believe he's telling everybody that he's just telling John. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. And as soon as Jesus took the bread, Satan entered into him, which is wild in and of itself. See, John calls himself the one who Jesus loved, not to be cheeky, although I think it's pretty fun. He does it because that's how he knows himself. Because John doesn't walk around saying, I'm a fisherman. I'm better than you at this thing. John doesn't know himself by what he does. He doesn't know himself by what he's doing. He only knows himself as the one Jesus. And he says it multiple times in the book of John. He wants us to know that, listen, I've got this intimacy. I've got the ear of Jesus. I know his heartbeat because he loves me so much. Because all I know about my identity is that I am the one that Jesus loves. Imagine going in for like a, 
for like a job interview. And they're like, hey, Jessica, it's good to meet you. I'm really glad you're here. What was your, what was your name again? Just call me the one that Jesus loves. It's working for me. <laughs> so John has this beautiful, special thing that he's cultivated, that he spent time with Jesus, that he's leaned back and listened to him, probably not talking. And he just spends time with Jesus. And I love that Jesus shares specific things with him that he doesn't share with anybody else. Psalm 25, verse 14, the Passion says, there's a private place reserved for the devoted lovers of Yahweh where they sit near him and receive the revelation secrets of his promises. See, John, John tapped into that. How many of you guys, you're like, I'm good with Jesus. But how many of you guys you want that? How many of you guys just, you want to walk around doing at your office, in your school, at home, and the kids are screaming or not screaming? Hey, you could be different. <laughs> and all this while, you have peace in your heart because you're in chaos, but I'm with the one who Jesus loved. Do you know what I mean? And so I just love that, that, I love that the, God, the, the Bible says that this was the first man to understand and believe. See, he knew Jesus so well that when he saw Jesus was not there, he believed. He got it. Because remember, that he's been, Jesus is kind of dropping hints for the whole book of the Gospels. He's dropping hints. I'm not going to be with you anymore. The temple's going to be destroyed. I'm going I'm to rebuild all this stuff. And, but John is the first one to grab it. And the Bible says he came in and he believed. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's just a testimony to these two, specifically Mary and, and, and John. And so I just, this morning, I, I, there's, there's so much that, that I felt like God did this morning with all the different people that were jumping up here and, and, and you know, the, the Britons got up here. Micah shared, the dancers wrecked me, um, painting flags, let's go. There's an invitation this morning just to, to, that this would be more than a Sunday. This would be more than an Easter Sunday. Y'all been to a lot of Easter Sundays? <laughs> and I pray this one is different. Not because of some program that we managed to make happen. Um, and I'm really thankful for all the people that worked hard to make it beautiful and to put the coffee out in such a way, and to make the, the, the flowers, and, the, and, and to, to, to six, 600 eggs, um, and, 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 and the, the photo, all of that, the, the kombucha, the, the welcome table, the smiles, like I am, I am astounded that God brings all these saints together for us, for you, and yet all of it is meaningless. It's meaningless if we don't stop and be invited into the heart of Jesus. It's just, it's, it's nothing. It's rags. Listen, God is there. I, I'm going to end with this. There is a, I feel like I've been saying this for a while. Do you guys remember last year on Easter, we were still locked down? You remember that the, only 15 days, people, we'll be back to normal. And I'm not getting political. I'm just, I'm just I'm making you aware. The world is a little wild right now. 
every day there's some new wildness that you can look at and get shaken. You can look around and be like, oh, they did not just do that. They did not just take that away from me too. No, you, he didn't say that. She didn't say, oh my God, can you believe that? Every day, every day. And my heart for us, you guys, and I just want to tell you this, I'm going to be straight with you. You will not survive where this world is going as a Christian without a heart that is deeply connected to him. You won't survive on stories. You won't survive on Sunday mornings. You won't survive as a Christian. But man, I tell you, if you have Jesus, you have everything. If you have the resurrection power living in you, you don't have to be afraid of this world. In fact, I get excited because I know the places in the world where, where the Christian, where the God, where Jesus is thriving the most in his church are the places where it's gotten crazier than Orange County. <laughs> so that, as a part of me, I'm not trying to be masochistic. Is that the word? I, I, don't, I don't want it to get worse. But I know it will. But you know what? As it gets darker, the light gets lighter. But you won't survive unless you figure out how to spend time with Jesus, how to lean back against his chest, how to let go of the shame, how to give up your self-condemnation, how to give up your, your, your depression, how to give up the things that aren't helping you, how to reach out, how to cry out for help. If you can't figure out how to how to do some of these things that we've heard today, how to feel forgiven of the whole weight of the world. If you can't figure out some of this stuff, you won't survive and you won't have the joy of the Lord. So this is, I just, I'm gonna challenge you guys. Don't let this be a Sunday morning. Don't let this be an Easter service. Let this be an invitation to, I mean, Micah said it. He didn't just like, he didn't just give us salvation and said, good luck. He gave us kingship. He, he made us priests and kings. And so I just want to encourage you today to grab a hold of the deep, intimate love of Jesus. And I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to do it because you're not me and you're not James and Michelle. You're you. You're going to find how you're going to go deep with Jesus. You're not John. You're not Peter. You're not Mary. You're you. You're Jimmy. You're Rick. You're, you're, you're Holly. You're... You're you. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you. I'm going to pray for you that Jesus would welcome you into your own little party, your own little intimate place, that you would be one of the people that he takes hiking. And so when, if, I don't know, the world does go a little more crazy, you're going to be standing on that hill and being like, do what you need to do. I got Jesus. I'm telling the world. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us. Why don't you stand? Why don't you stand? And, and um, while you're doing this, can we get the prayer team to come on up? Um, I think maybe right over here is great as, you, as I'm praying. Father, I, uh, just put your hand on your heart right now. I, I, I do this just, I do this because I, I never want my encounters with Jesus to be outside of my own heart. And so I just kind of remind myself, this is where it's going. <laughs> Get in my heart, Jesus. He, he's in there. I, I know, Keith. I'm with you, man. 
<laughs> but my heart doesn't know, okay? <laughs> Father, I, I radically, we radically love you. God, I pray for every person here, God. Lord, I can't do this for them. Nobody can do this for them. You are the one that calls us, that heals us, forgives us, saves us, delivers us, God, and sets us on high places with you. You are the one that that gave everything, God. Every good and perfect gift comes from you. Father, I pray, I pray that this morning, God, would be a turning point in some people's lives. There's people here, I just know it, that you need a turning point. Some of you guys just had your turning point because you told me this morning, and I'm grateful, grateful that Jesus is faithful to save you. But Lord, I pray that you would save people right now. I'm gonna do two things right now, and I I hope you're not in a hurry because I'm not. If you're here this morning, (laughs) and I know that you felt the presence of God. And if you didn't, that's okay. Because you probably didn't know what it feels like anyway. But man, he's here. He's here. He's in the room and he's, he's real. He is a very real God. Never doubt that. But if you're here and you've never known Jesus before. You've thought about it. Maybe you've heard about him. Maybe you've heard the gospel. Maybe you've never heard some of this stuff. If you're here and you just had something burning in your heart, there's a desire that I know I need Jesus. I know I need to turn my life around. I, I, I know I must have a couple demons in there. I don't know. If you're here and you just know I need to give my life to Jesus, don't wait. Don't wait. Today is the day. If that's you, if there's just, I don't care if it's one person, I don't care if it's 10 people, but there's one person here. This isn't like I need to get, go back to Jesus. This isn't like I've stepped away. This is, I've, I do not know that I'm saved. That if I were to die today, I don't know where I would go. And if, if today you want to know that I'm going to be with him in heaven when I die, I'm going to be with him on earth when I live. I want you to raise your hand right now. Just raise it really high. I'm going to wait a couple seconds. I don't care if it's nobody or one person. We do this because there's a demand on heaven that people know him. If there's anybody here that needs to give the life to Jesus, just raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Anybody here at all? Thank you, Father. I thank you for touching hearts right now, God. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to create a moment of awkwardness in the room, God. I'm not afraid. Is there anybody here? Don't leave this place not knowing that I had a chance to follow Jesus. It's the only thing that matters. And if you just this was in your heart, but you just didn't have, didn't know how to raise your hand. I want you to come up and just pray with someone here and you can tell them. I don't care if it's public or private. All I care is that you meet Jesus. I want to do this too. In a room like this, I'm guessing there's a handful of people that are coming to church because 
it's, it's, it's Easter. And I bet there's a, there's a handful of us here that have walked away from God, that they're saved. You still consider yourself a Christian, but I don't know what that means anymore. Uh, you know, I, I got caught up in an addiction. I got caught up in, a, in my own life and selfishness. I don't know what you got caught up in, but it, it probably wasn't Jesus. And it pulled you away from community. It pulled you away from, from I don't, all the good things that he had started in your life and you need to get back. I want to tell you right now, this is a beautiful spot to reset. And so for, all, for anybody right now, this isn't like a, uh, I'm, sh- I'm ashamed of this, I'm this, that's trash. This is, this is, I'm all in. I'm all in. I need to be all in. I wasn't all in. I want to be all in. And so if that's you, that just resonates in your heart. I don't care what, you know, whether you were all in sin or not in sin and just, just walked away and you're leading the good life. I just want you to raise your hand right now. I need to be all in. And just as a declaration, I'm going to raise your hand. Say, I need to come back to Jesus. I need more of him. I need all in. I've stepped away right now. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I need to be all in. We just attract all in people. I love this. (laughs) Well, let me pray this over us, you guys. God, I pray you'd bring the lost into this house. I pray you'd bring those that are addicted to drugs. I pray you'd bring those that are broken inside. I pray you would bring those that would never step foot in a church, God. I pray we would find them, we would befriend them, and I pray we'd bring them through friendship, through love, through safety. God, I pray that we would have a room filled with people that that, that would need to repent and give the lives of Jesus. I pray that this church would raise up new believers every week, God. I'm not satisfied with a church full of believers, God. I want to end with the, uh, I want to just ask the worship team to, whatever you're feeling. I ask the worship just to, just to close us in a worship song. I'm so thankful for you guys. So just stinking proud of just how you pursue Jesus. God's so good. Father, I pray for this next season of this church, God. I pray that it would go above and beyond all of our expectations, God. I don't even know what that looks like, God, but I just know that it, we're in for something really special this year. We're going to worship and then um, I'll close this in prayer. Hope you enjoyed this week's Sunday sermon. We pray you experience all God has for your life.